Welcome to Hope Daily. Thanks for being a part of this discussion today. We are still in the Psalms, and today we are in Psalm 68. Today I called this, Is God for you or against you? Is God for you or against you? I think all of us know the times in our lives where it has felt like God has been against us. It feels like at least life is against us. And as believers, seeing God in charge of all things, we can come to the idea that God is against us. And we also know the times where it feels like we have seen God's work in our lives in such amazing and powerful ways that we cannot help but say God must be for us. Today, this song that is written, Psalm of David, uh, is about kind of the, the, the both sides of that, God being for us or against us. I want to read verses one to six. It says this, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered, those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so shall you drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. But, here's a transition, but the righteous shall be glad, they shall exult before God, they shall be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord, exult before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. It's interesting to me, as we read a passage like that, the contrasts right next to each other. There's a lot of discussion, especially in today's theology and in today's world, about God being a God of wrath versus God being a God of love. And we act like those things are in opposition to each other. You can pick one or the other. But as we read the scripture, it is very clear that God's love and goodness is not set in opposition to his wrath and judgment. He is both. He is a God of justice and he is a God of mercy. And I would say, if you're struggling with the idea as you read through the things that are said about uh, the end of time and judgment or about God in the Old Testament, just here's the reality. We as human beings, no matter how many of us get together and say it, we don't get a vote on the truth. <laughs> our understanding, our level of comfort, even our ability to harmonize the truth does not determine the truth. We are seekers of the truth. We are on a journey where the word of God and the spirit of God are instructing us, but we also come with humility, recognizing that there's probably no way I am fully going to understand all of the ins and outs of God. I don't all understand all of the ins and outs of myself, let alone people who are close to me. And so that certainly extends to my heavenly father. So when we see this presented, it reminds us that God is a God of wrath and God is a God of mercy. It begins by talking about wax melting before fire and the wicked perishing before God. This picture that is given, and it's given very often throughout scripture, that those who set themselves up against God, God comes out victorious in that and they face his judgment. And that judgment is a fearful thing. It is not a light thing. It is not a uh, something you can brush aside, not, not something that you can ignore. It is something that is coming for those who set themselves against God. But the righteous will be glad, sing praises to his name. And, and look at the goodness of God, the father of the fatherless, the protector of the widows, uh, leading the prisoners out to prosperity. The, the Old Testament, where a lot of people have a problem with God because they set aside his greatness and 
really his foreknowledge, his ability to understand much more than we can, the perfection of his justice. We set that aside. So we get into problems with God, like how can God be good if? But what we see in the Old Testament, and certainly as God gives the law to his people, is that God wants his people to reflect his goodness and his mercy by being there for those who are on the outskirts of society, the fatherless, the widows, the prisoners, those who have no means for themselves and they are dependent upon the goodness of others. As we read this Psalm, it does seem that Israel has abandoned their, their calling to reflect the goodness of God by taking care of those. And so God says, he's going to step in and he's going to be a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow. And I think that that has great truth for people who find themselves in situations where people who are supposed to take care of them, people who even made vows to them, have abandoned them and hurt them. It is a great comfort knowing that God is not far off and far away from knowing about that. And it matters to him so that he steps in to fulfill the roles that he called those people to take. So God is a God of both. It goes on down here in uh, verses 19 to 21. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God, the Lord belong deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. Is God for you or against you? How do we apply this personally? I think the reality is that what the psalm teaches us and, and really what life experience in the New Testament teaches us is God wants to be for us, but we get to choose whether he is or not by how we choose to interact with him and how we choose to follow his ways. You may think that you're good with God, but if you're making choices in your life that are anti what he instructed, anti his way, then you are setting yourself as God's enemy. You are setting yourself against God and God against you. Just like James tells us in uh, James chapter four, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Later on in chapter six of Galatians, he says, don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. You sow what you reap. You sow to the spirit, you reap life. If you sow to the flesh, you reap death. The point is we get to choose whether God is able to be for us like he wants to be or whether we force him to be against us. God's mercy is a product of his justice. Without justice, there's no need or meaning to mercy. There's no, no, there's no crisis. There's no reason that we are dependent on God's mercy. But because God is just, his mercy is a wonderful gift given to those who put their trust in him, those who can say our God is a God of salvation. But God saves us as we follow him. Part of his saving, certainly he saves us by the power of his spirit. We become his children by the regenerative work of Christ in our souls. But he saves us by giving us a model to follow and instructions to submit ourselves to. He gives us roadmap. And as we read these letters of Paul and we read the words of Jesus and we, we do our best to take them in and follow them, God is saving us by his mercy, by not only giving us the way, but empowering us to live that way. So today, I would say if it feels like God has been against you, it may just be a uh, request from the Lord for you to see by faith and not sight, for you to trust that what you're doing is good and you need to trust that God is at work doing good in your faithfulness. But sometimes we have to go a little deeper because the reason that God feels like he's against us is because we are against him. And we have refused to follow him in places that he has clearly called us to. 
It is a time for us to turn back in faith to our Lord, to put ourselves on his side, not so much to worry about if God is on our side, but to see where he's going and what he's doing and what he's asking and to put ourselves submitted on his side, worshiping him with our very lives. Isn't that what Paul says? That we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices in Romans 12? This is our spiritual act of worship. We are surrendering ourselves to him. And as we do that, we allow the mercy and goodness of God to fully take over our lives and for that to be a display of his glory in the lives of each of us as his people.